What the fuck is up? Welcome back. My name is Noah Hills. You can find me on Twitter and on TikTok at Noah More Parties. You can find all my written work and my rankings for Devi Leagues, Dynasty Leagues, and Rookie Drafts, all running back stuff, at NoahMoreParties.com. And today's video is me thinking about who is the RB2 in this year's rookie running back class. We know that Bijan Robinson is the RB1. It's not impossible that at the end of these guys' rookie contracts, we look back and somebody else had score, has scored like more fantasy points than Bijan. Bijan or the field, maybe I take Bijan there. If we're ranking people based on odds of being the best running back in this class, it's obviously Bijan Robinson. Uh, anybody who doesn't have him there is kind of just being a hipster or is terrible at watching film. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm interested in who the RB2 is. I think mostly uh, I see people putting Gibbs there. Maybe the fact that this is a, a video at all is a little spoiler that I don't personally have Gibbs there, but I do get it. Um, I think for a lot of people, the pass catching with Gibbs is the big difference maker. I agree that that could be the big difference maker, but I don't think it's quite that, like, it's not quite that simple. The top 12 running backs in fantasy points per game every year are not just the top 12 NFL running backs in terms of, like, receiving skills. It's not that simple. There are other skills that can put you above, and, and it's, it's a conglomerate of skills for every guy working in concert with each other, not just like, oh, this guy has that skill, so he's better than everyone. Like, I'm, I'm straw manning that argument. But if pass catching is the difference, I think that's legitimate, but not sufficient for Gibbs definitely being the RB2. But so I, so I think this is a, I think this is an interesting, interesting topic because even other than Gibbs, I've seen like, I don't know, five or six guys put in people's RB2 spot, like uh, Charbonnet, Sean Tucker. I've seen Izzy Abanacanda. I've seen Zach Evans. I've seen Devon A-Chain. I've seen Kendra Miller. There's a lot of guys in this class that people like, even on the high end. For me, there's only four guys with a legitimate claim to the RB2 spot in this class. Sean Tucker and Kendra Miller are solidly top 10 guys. I think neither of them have shown enough. The, the sums of their profiles to me is not quite enough for top 10 in my eyes. I just started my Kendra Miller film study, impressed in some ways, let down in others. Basically what I'm trying to say is Kendra Miller could end up in my top five, I guess. I don't see that right now. Sean Tucker is not in my top five or in contention for RB2. And then it, like Izzy Abanacanda, not even close. Not even close. He's fast. He's explosive. He's not even close to the RB2 in this class. And so that leaves Zach Charbonnet. It leaves Zach Evans. It leaves Devon A-Chain and it leaves Jameer Gibbs. So this video is me talking about those four running backs, trying to figure out who I have or who should be at RB2, at least for me. So that was a very long intro. Let's get into it. Because we have Charbonnet, six foot one, 222 pounds, and we have Zach Evans, six feet tall, 215 pounds on one hand, and then on the other hand, we have Devon A-Chain, 5'9 and 185 pounds. And then we have Jameer Gibbs, 5'11, 200 pounds. We have two distinct classes of running backs here. We have big guys, at least decent size, at least above average size, both of them. Charbonnet and Evans, big guys. Then we have small guys, undersized running backs. A-Chain, very much undersized. Gibbs, probably relatively undersized. So two classes. So I want to think of this in terms of almost like a, a bracket. Uh, this is the final four, except for Bijan, who we know is RB1. <laughs> this is the final four. So we're going to go the big guys against each other, A-Chain and Gibbs against each other, and then whoever wins from those will be the will go and battle each other in a final battle for the RB2 spot. 
This is a terrible way of ranking players, but it's a good way of picking the RB2 because we only need to figure out who's the best. We don't care about who's second best out of this group. So that's what we'll do. And we will, uh, let's, let's just compare them in a couple different categories. Number one, size. Charbonnet, Evans, like I said, 6'1", 222 for Charbonnet. And, and this is their final listed weights. This is all going to get blown up when they measure in at the combine. But I think we're in the ballpark here, at least for Charbonnet and Evans. Uh, 6'1", 220, 6'215 for Evans. And then A-Chain. 59185 based on historical measurements for running back prospects I think there's a decent chance that he's like a little shorter than 59 like 58 and a half and weighs in closer to 195 like 194 we'll see tomorrow or whenever it is but I think there's a decent chance that he does it but even if he gets there He's well undersized still, and he's still relatively skinny, very skinny actually for an NFL running back. He would be the same like pound per inch ratio that Gibbs had at Alabama last year, listed at 5'11", 200 pounds. But I think Gibbs might be closer to 5'9 and a half and 207 based on like measurement patterns for historical prospects. The minutia with the numbers matters to a certain extent, but really size is kind of a nebulous concept because like we should just be concerned with how size manifests itself in ways that we should actually care about. Like all things being equal, a 210 pound running back is not any better than a 195 pound running back because if all things are equal, then they're, they're equal and their size is just irrelevant. But size only matters if it causes things to not be equal, if it like manifests in ways on the field that we should care about. And I think some of those ways are like workload concerns. It's true that historically, currently, in general, big running backs get more work than small running backs. That's just a fact. Uh, There are exceptions, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, blah, blah, blah. Yes, but it's just a fact that bigger guys on average get more work than smaller running backs. And I believe that's even proportional to how many small running backs there are as like a percentage of the population. I Don't quote me on that, but I feel like I did that research and that's what it uncovered. But that was a while ago. Anyway, but workload concerns. Durability. I, I haven't seen the studies that say that small running backs get hurt more often than big running backs, but I think that's part of the thought process behind not giving them a lot of work is that they just can't, they can't hold up to it um, as much as the bigger guys can. Um, and so these like outside impressions from coaching staffs and decision makers on teams are the things that kept like Aaron Jones from getting more work early on in his career. Really throughout his career, he split time with other backs, even though he's proven to be one of the most effective running backs in the league, both through the air on the and on the ground. Like, I don't know how you can prove yourself much more than Aaron Jones has but he's a smaller running back, even bigger than Gibbs and A-Chain, probably both. But there's this perception that he needs to split time with another back. And so both A-Chain and Gibbs are susceptible to that. I think Gibbs a little bit less because there's a chance that he's in Aaron Jones territory where you can deal with those problems where A-Chain, even if he's 195, there are fewer success stories with a guy like A-Chain getting a lot of work at that size. So workload concerns, outside impressions, I'll give the nod to Gibbs, but actually on the field, the way that size is going to manifest itself, unless, you know, if it's not like helping you get, not get hurt or not, uh, is power. And I think in this area, Gibbs is deficient. Like this is a, a legitimate flaw in his game. It keeps him from being more effective on the field. Gibbs is not powerful and it's, it hurts him on the field. A-chain, I think, is at least functional in this area. And at best, he's like actively good. He's very small, but he runs with power. Uh, Rich Rebar tweeted the other day, Gibbs averaged 0.9 yards per carry when he was hit at or behind the line of scrimmage last season. That's the third lowest among all running backs in this class, according to Rich Rebar. Devon A-Chain averaged 3.1 yards per carry when hit at or behind the line of scrimmage last season. 
as the lead runner at Texas A&M. That's the third highest in this class. So A-Chain actively good after contact, through contact. Gibbs, very bad. And that's consistent with like my film study. A-Chain against defensive linemen is third in this class among guys I've charted a significant amount of runs for, which is like half the class at this point. Third best at powering through contact from defensive linemen. Above average at powering through contact against linebackers. Gibbs was below average against defensive linemen and third lowest against linebackers. So not good in either area. And that keeps him from being a more consistent runner on a down-to-down basis. Because if you touch him, you got him at the line of scrimmage. For Zach Charbonnet and Evans, nearly equivalent missed tackles force per attempt marks uh, per pro football focus. And these, these are the two most powerful running backs in the class. Against defensive linemen, Charbonnet was second in the class uh, in my film study in powering through contact. Evans just average against defensive linemen. Against linebackers, it's Charbonnet and Evans at 1-2. And against defensive backs, it's Charbonnet and Evans tied for second. So clear nod to A-Chain here. I'll, I'll, I'll call it a wash in either direction. Charbonnet is a little bit bigger than Evans, probably. They run with similar levels of power. But I think for guys that big, it's relatively pass-fail as far as size goes. They're big enough to be workhorses in the NFL. That's a wash with Charbonnet and Evans. Nothing really to separate them much there really at all. And then A-Chain and Gibbs, I think Gibbs is bigger. So there's going to be, you know, maybe fewer concerns about him handling a workload. But A-Chain plays bigger. And so overall, we'll call it a wash. So size, wash, all around. Receiving abilities. Zach Charbonnet, we'll start with him. He, I think, is at least functional there. He is solid, reliable. 83.3% catch rate. That's 78th percentile. He's got clean hands, catches the ball nicely out in the flats on screens and things like that, but he's not versatile because those, those swing passes, those screens, check down type stuff is pretty much all he did. Negative 1.2 A dot. He was catching passes more than a yard behind the line of scrimmage on average. That's a 19th percentile mark. Uh, And he was well above the college football average in basic routes, uh, like screens, like swing passes, like throws to the flat, these check down type routes, well above the college football average in the amount or the percentage of his total routes run that were made up of those kinds of routes. All four years in college, he never ran an advanced route tree. It was all stuff right at the line of scrimmage. Um, and he was not dynamic as a receiver in college, really, at all. Yards per target, 22nd percentile. Yards per reception, 46th percentile. Yak per reception, 45th percentile. So even even if we just isolate it to after he's caught the ball, he's a 220-pound beast out in space, not efficient as a pass catcher relative to other historical prospects. So I think functional and reliable in the passing game, not really a difference maker there and not somebody who has a lot of technical skill and ability to do things beyond just go over there and catch it if we need you to. Zach Evans in this area was the complete opposite. Unreliable, 69.8% catch rate, that's 22nd percentile, really bad, and is even his true catch rate, uh, where we ignore targets that were uncatchable. 81.1% true catch rate, I don't have percentile numbers, but of 65 running backs that I have this stat for, he ranks... 56th. So pretty bad there as well. He dropped the ball a lot in college. But I do think unlike somebody like Charbonnet, who was kind of used right at the line of scrimmage exclusively, Evans was, he flashed some versatility in college. He's his dot in college for his career, 2.0. He was catching passes downfield, uh, 79th percentile. He was split out wider in the slot, 17% of passing snaps throughout his career, That's in the 84th percentile. In 2021, his last year with TCU, his route tree had 92nd percentile diversity. Like he was running a very wide array, varied types of routes 
um, that season as a freshman, not so much. And last year, not so much at Ole Miss, the offenses, uh, offense at Ole Miss especially was just different. But there was at least a season where. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Coaches saw him and were like, we need to get this guy involved in other, like he can do other things for us in the passing game. So he flashed a little bit there. Um, and he was dynamic as a receiver, 70th percentile yards per reception for his career, 88th percentile yak per reception, and then yards per catchable target. We know he he had unreliable hands, so we're not going to look at yards per target. He gets knocked there. So if we just want to isolate this to when he's actually catching the ball, yards per catchable target, fifth in this class behind just Bijan, Tajay Spears, Gibbs, and Vaughn. So when he's catching the ball, like if he's not dropping the ball, I think Evans was a, a an actively good receiver. He just dropped the ball a lot. He's not there yet as a receiver, but if you fix the drops, which you look on film, I think a lot of them are concentration drops. I don't think this is a guy who is incapable of catching the football. I think he started looking up field while, you know, before he fully secured a lot of catches. They, they look like concentration drops to me, and if he can fix those, there's something here. But by default, Charbonnet is just more ready to contribute in this area in year one than Evans is, so I'll give the, give the nod to Charbonnet in receiving. A-Chain and Gibbs, this is clearly Gibbs. Like, A-Chain is solid in this area. He's got fine hands. He's really good in space because he's fast. Wheel routes out of the backfield up the sideline, he's unguardable. I don't know anybody in college football and probably not the NFL who's going to be able to catch or stay with this guy with a running head start out of the backfield going up the sideline. He's probably unguardable there, one-on-one at least. But other than that, nothing crazy as a receiver. Like, he's not a Christian McCaffrey-type route runner. He's not a Jameer Gibbs-type route runner. Um, he can catch swing passes and stuff just like Charbonnet can. He's got a little more juice because he's really fast and can go downfield. And he's better in space than Charbonnet is. But just what he's doing as a route runner and as a as a receiver before the catch, I think A-Chain's just fine. Gibbs is awesome. He incredibly diverse route tree every year of his career. Dynamic after the catch. Moved all around the formation. Uh, good hands. He just has it all as a receiver. This is clearly him, even though A-Chain is good in this area. Um, and then these guys as runners. Let's just look over here. I have the percentile ranks for each of these guys in, in a couple different categories. Box-adjusted efficiency rating is a an efficiency metric that looks at your, your per-carry output relative to what your teammates were doing in the same offense that you played in against the same defenses and adjusted for the, the amount of carries you saw against each box count. And so Charbonnet in that metric, 61st percentile for his career, above average relative to NFL prospects. That's good. Evans, 62nd percentile, essentially equivalent. Relative success rate is a metric that measures not per carry average, but it's a rate stat. So how often per carry are you creating positive outcomes given down in distance relative to your teammates and given the box counts you're facing? So it's a consistency stat. How often are you moving the chains, staying ahead of schedule? Uh, Charbonnet, 41st percentile, not good. Evans, 55th percentile, decent. 10-yard run rate relative to your teammates, chunk rate plus. How often are you just producing runs of 10 yards or more relative to how often your teammates are doing that in the same offense that you're playing in? Charbonnet, 61st percentile, so good. Evans, 91st percentile, incredibly explosive, just a big play 
chunk gain machine is Evans. And then same thing in the open field, breakaway conversion rate. How often are you taking those chunk gains of 10 or more yards and turning them into breakaway runs of 20 yards or more? So you're reaching the open field. How often are you extending plays deeper into the open field? Charbonnet, 40th percentile, not great there. Uh, Evans, 78th percentile, good there throughout his career, explosive at getting to the secondary, explosive in the secondary, more efficient than his teammates, more consistent than his teammates. The numbers just say Evans is a better runner on a per carry basis than Charbonnet is. And then like, like film study, the big flaw with Evans that I'm seeing is spotty vision. And I don't necessarily disagree. He has the highest rate of negatively graded plays in the vision category for me on film. I see the inconsistency. He also has an actively good rate of positively graded plays in the vision category for me on film. So I think he's a much more creative runner than people give him credit for. He has this reputation as like a, he just gets the ball and runs straight as soon as the handoff. And if it's open, it's open. And if it's not, he's going to run into a lineman. I don't think that's Zach Evans at all. I think he's decisive and explosive. So he's often planting and going in a straight line. That's because he has identified a crease. He sometimes identifies the wrong one, but I think just as often or far more often, really, but just as often as anybody in this class, he's identifying creative alternate lanes where he can make things happen. So I see the inconsistency. I also think there's some creativity that he doesn't get credit for at the same time. Charbonnet's biggest flaw as a runner, I think, is he's got fine vision, a lot of gap concepts, but I think his biggest flaw is sometimes he just like brain farts in the backfield and will like jump towards the line of scrimmage, which shrinks his ability to like read the field because he's so much closer to everything, or he'll take like a wide track around some... He just does weird things in the backfield when he's reading things. It's like he... It's almost like he panics. And I think that contributes to some of the inconsistency we see in his relative success rate number being below average. Uh, But both of these guys have a lot of power. Evans has more speed. Evans has more explosiveness. Evans is just built different. Uh, He just looks like a different kind of beast when you look at him on film compared to a lot of the guys in this class. I think Evans just looks looks different. So I think I give the edge to him as a runner. And so overall, Zach Charbonnet gets the nod in receiving. Evans gets the nod in rushing. It's a wash. Size. For me, it's it's Evans in in this category. Like running backs run the ball more than they catch the ball. I think the running matters more than the pass catching. And I think Evans has a little bit of like unrealized, you know, developmental potential as a pass catcher that puts him over Charbonnet for me because I don't think Evans's pass catching ability is just like a zero. I think he can contribute there and eventually contribute well. And I think in the meantime, he's a better runner than Charbonnet is. So I think I prefer him over Charbonnet in the big category. For the smaller running backs, box adjusted efficiency rating, A-chain, 87th percentile, Gibbs 19th. Just a massive gulf. A-chain very good, Gibbs very bad in that area. Relative success rate, A-chain, 82nd percentile, Gibbs 18th. Massive gulf, A-chain very good, Gibbs not. Chunk rate plus, creating 10-yard runs relative to your teammates, A-chain, 78th percentile, Gibbs 41st. Very good, below average. Breakaway conversion rate, open field running, A-chain 69th, Gibbs 75th. Both pretty good. So Gibbs is really good out in space. He's great when he gets to the open field. He's great after the catch. I think his lack of power is a legitimate deficiency when he's running the ball between the tackles. And that causes him to be less efficient um, on a per carry basis than a lot of other running backs who eventually, you know, go to the NFL. He's less efficient relative to his teammates on a consistency basis. Um, it's a lot of boom bust production from him as a runner. And that that hurts him. He's just not the best pure runner in this class, despite being really good out in space. A-Chain, in my opinion, is the best pure runner in this class. He's better there than B. John Robinson. A-Chain is 
185 pounds or whatever he measures in this weekend, but he is an incredible runner. So good. Uh, his biggest flaw as a runner, I don't know. I would say his size, but I don't think it's a deficiency for him. I think he runs with power. His biggest strength is his speed, but he's also a very smart runner. He's got good vision. He's patient. He's just so good. Gibbs has the power deficiency. Biggest strength is he's super elusive and good out in space. This one's really close. I, I give the nod to A-Chain. I have him over Gibbs. He's smaller. I think he runs bigger. I think he's fine as a pass catcher and much better as a runner, which gives him the nod over Gibbs being much better as a pass catcher, but not fine as a runner. I think he's kind of actively bad there. So then we come to Evans versus A-Chain. And if A-Chain was 210 pounds, if A-Chain was two, 205 pounds, he'd be above Evans for me fairly easily. And he might even be above Bijan. I think A-Chain, pound for pound, no doubt, is the best running back in this class. Uh, but he's not. He's not 205 pounds. He's not 210 pounds. And even though he's powerful, relative to other guys in this class, his power is not bad, even though he's really small. But Evans in that area has great power. And the power that he has is represents a massive difference over even the, the decent power that A-Chain has. And so that's the difference for me. There's some evidence of that. Evans on hits from the side or from head-on against linebackers in college on all the runs that I've charted. 55% of those tackle attempts, he either gained extra yards or broke the tackle completely. That's the number two rate in this class behind only Tyon Evans at 57.1%. So just right there. The average in this class is 38.7%. So a massive difference between what Evans is doing from a power perspective against linebackers, uh, which is where a lot of tack like linebackers make the most tackles. This is the bulk of where you're interacting with defenders as linebackers. The average in this class is just under 39% and A-chain is 37%. So A-chain is barely below average despite being small. Evans is well above average and just about the best running back in this class in this particular area. He's very powerful, very explosive. He's one of the few best runners in this class to me, despite the inconsistent vision. He's one of the few most physically talented runners in this class uh, with the size, the speed, the explosiveness, the subtle elusiveness. It's Bijan, and then it's Evans, and then probably a big gap to the next guy in terms of like how impressive they are physically. And I think he has development potential as a receiver. So that's that's why I go with Evans over A-Chain. He is my RB2 in this class. Um, I think Zach Evans is really good. But any of these guys being RB2 wouldn't shock me like four years down the road looking back. I would not be shocked if Charbonnet produced the most fantasy points out of these four guys. I would not be shocked if Gibbs did it. I would not be shocked if A-Chain did it. Like I think each of them... Gibbs has the pass catching that a lot of people believe is the difference maker among this group. I, I buy into that. I, I don't necessarily disagree with that take. I just don't think it's the only trait, the only area that can put somebody in this group ahead of the other guys. Charbonnet could end up ahead of these other guys because he just is kind of the full package. He doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. He can play all three downs. Like David Montgomery's like that. I think Charbonnet is a little bit more dynamic than David Montgomery, maybe somewhere on like the David Montgomery, Leonard Fournette scale. Those types of guys get lots of work. A-Chain could turn out to be like the next Jamal Charles. It's a tall ask for anyone to be Jamal Charles. If anyone is going to be Jamal Charles, Devon A-Chain looks like I don't, we're not going to find a guy who looks more like Jamal Charles than Devon A-Chain does, or like Chris Johnson than Devon A-Chain does. So that could be his career path. Gibbs could rip the league up like a an Austin Eckler as a... I, I don't know that he gets 200 carries a year like Austin Eckler does, but I don't even think the Chargers want to give Austin Eckler 200 carries a year. So Alvin Kamara type usage as a receiver, 
um, space back as a runner. My favorite comp for Gibbs is Reggie Bush, so I think he could be used like that and end up as the RB2 in this class. What I'm trying to say is I think any arrangement of these guys, any, any one of them at RB2 is defensible, and you could convince me either way. I have Evans. This is a little bit of a uh, little bit of a breakdown on each of those guys. I don't know. Like the video, I guess. Uh, the combine is happening. That'll be fun. So next week I'll probably talk about something that happened at the combine. Have a great weekend. See you on Wednesday. Peace. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.